0: Brought to you by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Hello! Hello. Hello. Yeah, Rolling along here today on Brock and Salk Seattle Sports on 710 Uh Conflicting points of view on the future of Geno Smith here in Seattle. We'll play you two pieces of sound you need to hear coming up an hour from now. This hour, though... This story about Russell Wilson that came out yesterday, Brock. I sent it to you as soon as I read it. Um, hopefully you were you were able to get and and see it. It was in a 14, bunch of different places. It was a
1: fourteen-minute read.
0: Yeah, it wasn't short. Um, and we're going to talk to the uh, to the investigator here, Jason Wolf of the Arizona Republican USA Today. He's going to join us coming up in a half hour at seven thirty, and kind of take us through what he found. Um, I offered a little bit of context when I when I did this at six o'clock, and I think the context is important before we get into the opinion and kind of what's going on with Russ. The context of this story, which I got wrong and did not understand at the very beginning, and I actually ended up editing what I wrote over at seattlesports.com because of that when I found out a little bit more. This is an investigation that started into the Walter Payton Award winners. Right. It's a five-part series that he did looking into all the Walter Payton Award winners over the last however many years. And when you read through them, as I did last night, the common thread and theme of the five stories is... Is that for the most part, these guys are looking to do good Mm -hmm. and either because they're not necessarily experts in this, the people around them aren't experts in this, or there are some bad actors in the sphere, they end up being either taken advantage of or in some way not getting the money to where they want it to go. Correct. That's the common theme. And he goes through J.J. Watt and Calais Campbell and Peanut Tillman and and, uh, Andrew Whitworth. It's great. It's really well done and he's going to join us at at
1: 7:30. It's overwhelming. Those those foundations and those charities and it, it, you know, oh, I want to start a foundation. Oh, I want to start a, a charity. Oh, I want yeah, I want to do this and then you start to dig into it and it is like, oh my gosh, this is you better have some tremendous people around you. You better have people that know what they're doing. There is a lot of paperwork and then there's a there's a lot of exposure as far as tax fraud if you don't do this appropriately well that's if, exactly right uh yeah if you don't handle your business and you're not on all the details and you don't check every box uh because this is this is not just some nebulous oh i'll just have a a charity and a foundation uh no no in in order to be a nonprofit, profit uh you're going to check x y and z well, and you're going to dot i and you're going to cross t and you better have some some professionals that know what they're doing and know how to do it well. And
0: where do you find those? Because the people you grew up with may not be those people. And then the people that are experts in it, <clears throat> as it turns out, some of them are just looking to skim money off the top. So it's a it's a complicated it's a complicated situation. All of that being said, there seem to be three main problems with Russ, and it reads differently from the other athletes here. One, the amount of money he's donating does not Come close to where it should be. Percentage wise of dollars brought in to dollars given out, it's not good. It's around 28 cents. Now, that is not unique to Russell's foundation. Some of the other foundations had similar problems, but it's still an ugly look.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Two, there is supposed to be an ironclad separation between your for profit businesses and your nonprofit foundation. And Russell did not do that very well. In fact, the head of his foundation is getting paid from his from his for profit business. From both. That's a problem. That's not gonna work. And it's ironclad. Do I think they did that because Russell's trying to get around the rules? Probably not. Do I think that this is malicious or an attempt to connive and steal or or you know avoid taxation? I don't think that's the case. But I do believe that it's a problem that is going to be rectified, and I'm sure the IRS is going to have something to say about it. Uh, Yes. The third one is the one that I'm going to focus on because to me it's the one that seems most on purpose and that it fits with Russell Wilson's character and pattern, and that is that they exaggerated how much money they were giving. And that's the one that when I read it was like, uh uh-huh. Like, I absolutely believe the first two could have been accidental slash it's challenging. I believe everything you just said, Brock. The exaggeration of the money. I mean, doesn't that ring true? Isn't that what we've been talking about with Russ for the last year or so? Just right? Sad. My finger's broken. No, it's not just broken. It's the worst break ever. I'm not just doing rehab. I'm doing the most rehab ever. <laughs> like, everything is, as you occasionally like to say, hyperbole. It's I mean, all it's, hyperbole. He—he yeah. he is He's exaggerating. And it doesn't matter that much when it's these little things, but when it turns into big things, well, all of a sudden, it's a bad, bad deal.
1: Yeah, it is the age-old perception over reality. It is just the perception of i am doing this 20 hours a day i am the greatest leader i know wendy the wendy lady i am donating tens of millions of dollars i in just this constant perception to have to feed all the time and then to have the exposure right along with it and i'm doing high knees on the airplane oh take a video of it right i am out at all these charitable events here's all the photos of it here's right i'm i'm in and not that there isn't some seriously awesome reality and 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 Mike, they did raise tens of millions of dollars. Like that was real. Now he was more of the catalyst. He was more of the influencer of that, rather than his own. Why not you, charity donating from it? As you said, twenty nine cents, twenty nine to thirty seven cents on the dollar. You know, actually went and and the actual foundation did not donate the millions of millions. He, alongside Safeway and mm-hmm. Albertsons and others, was... Yeah, but
0: unfortunately, the, the, the investigation that this guy did, Jason Wolfe, who's going to join us in 25 minutes, shows that, that they didn't... That Russ didn't really change the pattern of the donations that Albertsons or Safeway or anybody like that made. So, to claim it... No, it was it, his name,
1: image, and likeness. Yeah, it was and, his and, brand. It was his He persona. had a
0: desire to do good. Yes. He did a lot of good. He didn't do as much good as he's claiming to have done. Yeah. And that is the theme of Russell Wilson. Yeah. You're a great player. You're not as great a player as you say you are or want to be. You're a great healer. You're tough, but you're not as tough as as as, as, a, as a superhero. Like you played through an MCL and a and a high ankle sprain for an entire year. Yes. That in and of itself is worthy of tremendous praise. Why two years later, a few years later, do you have to try to convince us that you heal faster than the normal human? It's just so freaking unnecessary.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you. I don't think Sean Payton knew this was coming this week. I don't think he did. Maybe maybe they did, right? Sometimes, as we know with some of these articles and everything, they they may have a little tip-off in the organization. They may have been sniffing around. They may have been doing research and, and all of these things. But I'll say this, man. Sean Payton, the new head coach in Denver, and his words could not have been more prescient Monday at his press conference. And I never heard this said before, but I will use it. I will use it like I will Larry Hill's life's about trade-offs. Okay. Because it was so striking to me, and it was so telling. And and he kind of said it in passing. It wasn't like he said it bold and lights and trying to like trademark something. But i never heard it said before. He said, you know what we're going to be around here? We're going to be a lot of anonymous donors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is so good. And we're going to be the opposite of these extravagant, over the top influencers. But you know what, what Russ and Sierra's life largely is? What, what is their life? Influencing, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, we, I was talking to this about with DMAC yesterday on our sister station show in Denver. You know, I'm like, DMAC, it's not, it's not that simple. He's like, do you think he's going to be able to just tone this stuff? I'm like, DMAC, look at what he does. Do you understand? H- how can he? And not just his silo, his wife. And they have, yeah. you know, all of these businesses and so, all of these influences.
0: It, it is interesting, though, that he used the word donors, given what was coming just a couple days later.
1: The work, the work has started. Um, you know, this. I kind of use this term, you know, a little bit more anonymous donors this season. Do you think that was on purpose? I don't know. There's
0: no way. I don't believe that. Two that, days that would later, be truly
1: amazing. Two days later, an investigative national story that is now just coming out. Now, they know, like, you know, Russ's people turned down interviews, and and Mark Rogers spoke a little bit and took some of the blame as his attorney and everything for, yep, you know, we didn't do that well enough. And, oh, if I would have known that, yeah, we that's not right. That's not appropriate. So, certainly, they had talked to people. Certainly, there was some buzz. Mm-hmm. Do they know exactly this was coming out and that he would use those words? I don't think so. But could they have been more prescient? I mean, could the timing have been any better for him to be like, yeah, man, we're going to drop that. But can Russ do that? Can Sierra do that? Can their empire do that? Can the mogul do that? It's built on
0: that. So, I, I mean, this whole, this thing is just, it gets almost uglier by the day. And it's each part of Russell's world that has been attacked in a different way from a different place. And so much of it, unfortunately, is of his own doing. And it's it's these fatal flaws that at times feel kind of funny and corny and we chuckle about them and say, all right, well, but whatever, as long as he performs in the field. Right. And again, I don't see this as akin to like what's going on with Brett Favre. Uh, no, these are not no. I don't want to equate these. That would be a false equivalence. Yeah. What Brett Favre is doing and has done is stealing and he should be in jail quite frankly is my opinion what russell wilson did here is i think exaggerating and perhaps some naivete but it's not good right i
1: mean uh, like it doesn't add to the list of the last 10 months no it continues to way. it continues
0: to kill the legacy that was so darn important to him so we'll be speaking to jason wolf we'll get some of the details and the behind the scenes on this uh, coming up in 20 minutes right after everything you need to know next
2: need to know
1: 15 minutes past every hour with brock and Salk.
2: here's what you need to know up
3: first
0: well story of the day appears to be the rough year for russell wilson taking another dark turn yesterday usa today releasing a report after investigating his charity foundation what they found it wasn't good. Fewer than half the donations went to actual charitable causes, and it's closer to 28%, very low. It also sounds like the foundation repeatedly embellished and exaggerated its impact, claiming to donate more money than it actually was donating, and there was not supposed to be any crossover between his foundation and his for-profit businesses, and unfortunately, there was there as well. Do I think Russell did anything knowingly criminal? No, definitively, I don't believe that. I- I'm morally wrong? Maybe. I think you could convince me, but I have a hard time really criticizing someone who's put such a premium on being charitable. The fact that he's not as good at it. All right. But Mm -hmm. I think he still has a desire to be that person. Certainly, though, this tarnishes his reputation and it continues, Brock, as we've talked about that familiar pattern of exaggeration hyperbole.
1: Yeah. What's hard here is this didn't feel like a hit piece. I think initially, and even when you sent the article, when it came out yesterday, I was like, man, this is, this feels like someone's got a vendetta on Russell Wilson. And that's not the case. And the writer of the article will join us here in about 10 minutes to add Mr. Wolf some further detail to it. And it was, okay, let's look at these Walter Payton men of the year, but some amazing men that have done remarkable work in the community. And Russell Wilson has. All those visits to the hospital were real. The lives mm-hmm. that he's touched were real. The, the millions of dollars now... Were they out of his foundation? Was it through other foundations? All that stuff was real, and it doesn't diminish any of it. But it does go to show, like, man, once you get stretched to this level, and you are pulled in every one of these directions, and you want to become bigger than life, and you want to become a mogul, and you're more than a celebrity quarterback, sulk, life gets messy. Life gets hard. And, yeah, unfortunately, this article, another tough blem- blemish on what's been just a 10 month difficult run for him and
0: as brock said jason wolf who uh, did this investigation wrote the article will join us coming up here at 7 30. here's the second thing you need to know. About a week after reports first surfaced, the Mariners did make it official. A three-year deal for Dylan Moore worth about $9 million. Avoids two years of arbitration. Buys out one year of free agency. It's pretty good value for a player that I think is going to get some significant playing time this year against lefties. Of both middle infield spots and he can play the outfield. Plus, he steals bases and at his speed... I think he's going to have a little bit more value this year than maybe he did in the past, given the changes to the running game and the new rules in baseball. So good news there for the Mariners and for Dylan Moore. Meanwhile, their whole Soto improvement continued yesterday. The uh, announcement of the opening of the Box Yard. So that's the large building, the old Pyramid Building, where um, where Hatback is now. It's going to have a huge baseball and softball training facility, uh, which is going to be gigantic and open to the community. And then Victory Hall. Which which is a 9,500-square-foot event space. It looks awesome.
1: Cool. Very cool. And it needed to be done. Add a, a further further life down there. And, you know, kind of like the hockey team and these hockey teams do in their communities, Kraken have certainly done up there at Northgate, Mike, to, to just add more ice, add some more cages, add some more fields, add some more training, add some more opportunity to be right there around that beautiful stadium instead of uh, just having it for those 81 games. And I'll say this about Dylan Moore. You know what playoff teams have? Role players. We, we focus on the stars, mm-hmm. and they get all the headlines, and you have to have stars. But equally, and we saw this last season with those scatbacks, right? That was just a totally organic thing between he and Aggerty that just grew over the course of the season. And typically, playoff teams have that, guys that buy into those roles, that are willing to be the little scat backs. And in a game that's going to have more motion, a game that's going to have more speed, those two scat backs may play an even larger role this year.
3: Here's the third thing
0: you need to know. I can get back to it tonight in New Jersey. They've fallen back into second place. Uh, just by a point. They've been largely inactive, of course, and haven't notched a point in essentially two weeks. We'll also find out if Andre Burakovsky can return this evening as well. Uh, big trade in the NBA. Bunch of big trades in the NBA yesterday. Lakers deal away Russell Westbrook. They get back D'Angelo Russell. He's going to play point there. And then uh, the Suns deal for Kevin Durant. So uh, the Nets have traded Harden, Irving, and Durant in the span of a
1: year. Yeah, and in the span of about 12 hours, the odds for the Net- for the NBA title went from Boston milwaukee denver and denver really leading the western conference and been kind of the front of it to den to uh, boston milwaukee phoenix Denver, mm. and all of a sudden mr Durant is added to that suns team and that new owner uh, he ain't messing around <laughs> that new owners come in and said "That young whippersnapper like no nope, you want to go all in let's go all in uh, has traded four first-round picks and a few other good players for a right now injured Mr. Durant, but that's right. going to make that old Western Conference a little that's tougher. Right. Right as long
0: now. as my Kings make the playoffs, I'll be fine. Right. As you know, big Kings fan. Huge. I don't watch the games, but I follow them through our friend Carmichael Dave, who uh-huh. hosts the morning show in Saturday. Pretty Sacramento.
1: much John Moran and the Kings. That's about it. Yeah,
0: that's that's my interest in the <laughs> NBA. <Yes>. That's exactly <laughs> right. All right, there you go. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the new Brock and Salk show. Uh, do you think Russ ends up firing Mark Rogers? No. It's his father
1: figure. Mm-mm. Nope. He might and, have to. No, I don't think so.
0: This, this, That might be the only, at some point, as the walls kind of close in on him, that might be what he's got to do. To to kind of start over. You were saying earlier, simplify your life, find ways, and I think he is gonna need to do that. He's gonna need to find some ways to like remove some of the distractions and some of the different places he's being pulled. But I do wonder if at some point you just say, you know what, I gotta cut bait with this guy. That's the even if it's just a PR move.
1: Yeah. No? I, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Not not when you're just as embedded in so many areas as he is. You know, and it's one thing, right? Bill Parcells, and now Sean Payton, the Bill Parcells guy. Bill Parcells did not want that celebrity quarterback, right? Go, go back and look at his list of what he wanted and what he didn't want. And the challenge with Russ, is, I've told people, is this just isn't Russell. It's not like, oh, okay, let's streamline Russell's life. The other half is bigger and brighter. And and it's got a bigger following and is a bigger superstar on a global level and is a a bigger mogul on those levels. And those, you know, what what they do with their brands and what they have with their school and what they have with their nonprofits and what they have in their businesses and what he has And Like, oh, my gosh, you just start to talk about it and you get exhausted. Like, how can you even function in that way? Oh, by the way, three kids as well that you want to be present for and live. And yeah. I don't know, three houses and, and your jet plane. It just is. Well, like, and, it, man. and what does that come back to, Brock?
0: Another one of these stupid exaggerations. Oh, I don't sleep. Dude, everybody sleeps. <laughs> everybody sleeps. You need sleep, too. Yeah, and actually, maybe if you were like... getting more sleep, you'd have time to notice what was going on in your foundation it's just these exaggerations the hyperbole this this image that he seems to be trying to craft all the
1: time and then you know what's nice it isn't true and then you know what's nice for an employer for that for that NFL team for those can i just have a guard can right. i just have a quarterback that just only plays just quarterback just wants to be a quarterback can i just simplify Shh. My life and my existence? Can I just have a 10-year right, you know, vet making, you know, you're, you're, million? You're
0: getting me all worked up. Stop it. <laughs> you're getting me all worked up here on a Thursday morning, and I don't need that. <laughs> uh, I want to talk to Jason Wolf. He's going to join us next. He is uh, a writer who did all of this research, a six-month investigation. Most of the work was done for the Arizona Republic, which is owned by the same company as USA Today. So that's why it's kind of gone national, but it's a tremendous piece of reporting, and he's going to give us some of the context, some of the background, and some opinion on it next it's Brock and Salk Seattle sports on 710 seattlesports.com
2: you're listening to
0: Brock and Salk powered through the Alaska Airlines studio on
3: Seattle sports
0: station explosive story uh and we first read it yesterday courtesy of Jason Wolf who uh, is an enterprise reporter for the Arizona Republic and uh I think that also works with USA today and this became a Big national story yesterday regarding Russell Wilson, his charity, the Why Not You Foundation. Uh, I wrote about it at SeattleSports.com, but I'd really encourage you to click through the link and, and read the whole story. I'm going to get a little more uh, context here because this, it turns out, Brock, is uh, part two of a five-part uh, investigative story by Jason Wolf, and he joins us right now. Good morning, Jason. Thanks
3: for taking a few minutes with us. Yeah, sure thing. How are you doing, guys? Uh we're doing well.
0: So, let me start off broad and then uh, maybe we'll get into Russ, but starting off broadly. What is the general theme? Your biggest takeaway of this entire, you know, five-part series. What what started it and what are what story are you telling?
3: Oh, wow. So, that's a really uh, long story to, to make it. <laughs> well, let's, let's make it a short story because we're show. <laughs> <Yeah. job. laughs> to, to, to make it short, to give you a, a, and your listeners an overview of the, pro, of the project as a whole. As you said, it is a five part series. Um, it took uh, six months uh, of dedicated you know, time uh, to produce. In some respects, I have been reporting this story over the last seven or eight years in fact, uh, before I worked in Arizona, I spent four years with the Buffalo News. Before that, I spent three seasons as the Tennessee Titans beat reporter uh, for the papers the major papers in Tennessee. And in fact, there are stories that I have written for the Buffalo News and the Tennessee and that are linked throughout this five part series. There are nonprofit events that I have attended. There are players that I do a nonprofit and whatever it's doing. And most of these guys uh, who have won these awards do far more, than what their individual nonprofits are up to, Russell Wilson included. Um, and, and, and that's something that I really want to uh, make clear to, to everybody in Seattle. I understand this is a five-part series. that was posted online by the Arizona Republic, which is my employer, and USA Today, uh, which is the same company behind a hard paywall. Uh, part two, which is on Russell Wilson, ended up on Yahoo th- through some partnership that USA Today has, and that was free. And so that obviously blew up, but this is a much bigger project and it's a much bigger issue than just Russell Wilson. There are tons of guys, including other Walter Payton Men of the Year Award winners, who have had lousy charities, uh, fundraising events that have lost considerable money, uh, nonprofits that have spent a a quarter uh, of their their donations on actual charity over the course of a year, Um, And and this goes back more than a decade. It's something that the league and the union are aware of. Uh, They encourage guys to be philanthropic, to give back to the community, but they're not doing enough to educate these players on the front end to avoid these issues. And guys find themselves in trouble. You know, Russell Wilson's foundation, we, we drilled down on the why not you foundation because it is a recent example and it is egregious and he may face some repercussions from the irs i, I don't know I, I turned to nonprofit experts to tell me what the tax return said and then spoke to russell wilson's people again and again and again over several months trying to understand the basic facts so i could present them fairly and accurately and in context with all of the other guys
1: hey, um, uh, hey jason what was yeah. your perception of russell wilson before you started this process and as you talk to a Seattle morning radio show, what is the reality of Russell in your eyes now?
3: Um, I, I want to make it clear that uh, I went into this project. Look, we all have our biases, right? Like, I, I'm a big football fan. Um, I really didn't care one way or the other about Russell Wilson, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm from Philadelphia originally, so I grew up in Eagles
1: fan. Fly, Eagles, fly, fly, Eagles, fly.
3: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I I covered, you know, the Titans for years. I covered the Bills for years. And so I have interest in obviously following those teams and their divisions. Uh, The Seahawks, to me, I've only been in Arizona for uh, about as long as I've been working on this story, on this series, actually. So
2: um,
3: I I don't have any ties to, you know, uh, Seattle or the Seahawks or Russell or feel any kind of way about any of them. And I wanted to make Certain that when I wrote this, that I was doing my best to show everybody respect, and to not let my own judgments or biases, whatever they may be, influence the reporting. Right? Like I, I wanted to see what the tax returns said, because the tax returns are signed under penalty of perjury. It's not marketing fluff, as experts have called what much of what you know the Russell Wilson Foundation does in terms of saying that oh, well, together we donated $10 million with Safeway and Albertsons to Seattle Children's Hospital. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, that might be true. Um, but when you look at the tax records, it's like 800000 from the Russell Wilson Foundation, and it's $10 million from Safeway and Albertsons. and uh, Half of that money was donated before Safeway and Albertsons says they even partnered with the Russell Wilson Foundation. So, you know, you have this nonprofit that, that's taking credit for, for doing more than what its tax records reveal. And You know, that may be fine from a marketing standpoint, I suppose. I mean, if that's ethical, unethical, you know, I'll leave that up to to you or whoever else to decide. But the bottom line is the numbers on tax returns are signed under penalty of perjury. That's legally what the nonprofit has raised and spent and what it needs to base its annual uh, compensation on, Uh, according to nonprofit experts, not according to me. You know, there are laws in place, Mm -hmm. so. Uh, People, it turns out, players and a lot of their representatives don't know what they don't know about the space, and and they do this with their best intentions, and and they find themselves in these types of situations. I want to tell you just just a couple examples. Peanut Tillman won the 2013 Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. His nonprofit was run by a for-profit management company. Like a lot of guys, that takes an exorbitant amount of money off the top, that's Business practices uh, have been called into question for years. And, uh, you know, his final year with the company, he was pissed off because they took a cut of his winnings for a Walter Payton Mad a year. And then over the year when he was using, you know, relying on lawyers to try to break the contract and get out of the agreement with this for profit, nonprofit management company, the company ended up spending just reported record revenues and expenses and, and spent just 26 cents of every dollar on charity. So that's worse than Russell Wilson. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's another Walter Payton Man of the Year. Calais Campbell had another recent Walter Payton Man of the Year had a celebrity golf tournament in Phoenix that lost money in three or four years, minus $26,000 overall. Anquan Bolden, his first five years, his nonprofit, 25.5 cents of every dollar to charity. (laughs) Over three years, he lost 75 grand. So, on so
0: I got to ask you just because the, these these I mean, that's staggering. It's a terrible story. Um, and it's a it's a huge bummer And the NFL. Unsurprisingly, is not doing enough about it, which fits very much with the NFL's M.O. How is exactly. how is the Russ story different from any of those others? And we're talking to Jason Wolf, investigative reporter who wrote this uh, story, and did this investigation into these nonprofits. C- can you explain or is Russell's story different from the others?
3: The way Russell's story is different from the ones that I just mentioned is because Peanut Tillman figured out what was going on and left that company, right? Now his nonprofit's doing really well. Phileas Campbell ended up – he stopped hosting this golf event that lost money year after year after year. He was actually paying his sister to run the nonprofit at the beginning, which is a detail not in the story. Um, I can only get so much about these guys in, you know what I mean, When, when I write about so many of them. But, you know, then he started donating hundreds of thousands of his own money to reputable organizations. Anquan Bolden and his wife turned things around. Uh, Andrew Whitworth is in the process of shutting his nonprofit down. He's spending more on salaries than charity, but it's at a very different level than Russ. Andrew Whitworth, we're talking about like 33000 in salary over the last three years and twenty grand in charity, $0.35 of every dollar to nonprofits. But he knows, and he's trying to shut it down, and it's small potatoes. Russ is different because he seems to be leaning into this. It's getting worse over time. And we're talking about half a million dollars in salaries per year spent on a handful of his employees who he has outside business relationships with. One of them is making like a quarter million dollars a year and is working for Russell and Sierra's family office as well. And that's not reported Mm. on tax documents. So, I mean, that can raise issues with the IRS in terms of excess benefit transactions. I mean, he's paying these people like far above tens of thousands of dollars above the 90th percentile for what top leaders make at nonprofits between one to five million dollars in the Seattle region. And I see people comparing, you know, the Why Not You Foundation to you know, the Red Cross or the Wounded Warrior Project and saying, oh, well, these executives make six figures too. It's like these are not comparable organizations in any way, shape, or form, right? Like many of those organizations have like real programmatic activities. And you're talking about hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue and expenses. The Russell Wilson Foundation is like $1.2 million, And they're spending half of that on salaries. And then they're spending even more of that on, on other overhead, other management, um, and, and general expenses and, and fundraising, right? And so over the eight years that it has existed, less than 40 cents on average has of every dollar spent has gone to charity. And since he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award and hired a chief strategy officer, which is an odd position, in addition to an executive director making six figures, and then has that guy working... For the family office as well, and, and both are supposedly full time positions. I mean, that that is problematic. That is how uh, the why not do so, so,
0: last thing then. L- let me let at me, last question, because we got to run. I know you got to run, and, and people really need to just go read this, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, at, at, at the Arizona, well, it was azcentral.com, right?
3: So, azcentral.com or USA Today. Okay.
0: So, last question quickly. Do you believe, after all of the research you've done, not only into Russ and his foundation, but into the rest of the of the Man of the Year award winners and this story in general, is Russell Wilson more of a victim or more of the problem in this in this case?
3: You know, Anquan Bolden had a really great great quote uh, that that he gave me, and, and he uh, has founded three nonprofits, including the, the Players Coalition, and has offered his help to any players who are looking for nonprofit advice. Um, there's blame to go around, right? Like this is on the league, this is on the union, this is on the players themselves, right? Russell Wilson is the president of the Russell Wilson Foundation. It is an independent, tax exempt, five oh one C three organization and it has legal responsibilities. Among them, you know, the money is it, it belongs to the public. That's why it, acts exempt, and he has a fiduciary duty to act in the best interest of the public and the beneficiaries of the nonprofit that he founded. So yeah, the buck ultimately does stop with him. At the same time, we're talking about guys coming into the league when they're 20-some years old. They're kids. They're football players. They don't know what they don't know. They're not nonprofit experts. They hire people who they trust, and those people often don't know what they don't know, and that's a problem
2: the
0: nuance of it is is really well captured there and and maybe it's an unfair question to say is he more one or the other because in so many ways it sounds like the answer is sort of both Right at the it beginning, is. you know, you maybe get taken advantage of, but at some point, it's on you to step up and say, "Hey, I, I got to own this. This is my foundation. I have a responsibility, and I got to make some of the changes that uh, some of these other guys have done." Uh, Jason, right. uh, Tell people where they can find you. As you said, Arizona, dot Repul- uh, com, USA Today dot com. Your Twitter handle is.
3: At, at Jason Wolf, W-O-L-F, I have pinned the full five-part series to the top of my profile. Really easy to find. It's only a dollar to subscribe. Hey, pay the buck and then cancel if you want. <laughs> it does give you access to about 25% of the newspapers in the United States, including USA Today. It's a three-month subscription. I promise you the story, the series. Is worth the dollar. Cool.
0: Hey, yeah. thank you. Thanks thank for giving you, the context. I really appreciate it. Uh, well done, well-researched, and uh, maybe we'll talk again. There you go. That is uh, Jason Wolf, um, who did an investigation, Brock, and uh, there's a lot in there.
1: There is, and I know we've got to get to Blue 88 here, and this is a difficult – I mean, we could almost do all three hours. We're not. Uh, there's a lot of other things to talk. But it does strike me, Mike, that so many of my teammates over my years, six years in the league – You know, since I've been done in oh four, oh five, I've largely been in media, so you know, some twenty some years. And it just strikes me how many like Russell are visionaries. This is my vision. This is what I want to do. Here's here's my vision. I'm gonna cast this vision. But then you've got to follow through with so many details. Mm -hmm. And that is where so many just get overwhelmed and fall into trouble, and fall into financial hardship, fall into, and in this case, man, in this nonprofit world, that IRS does not mess around. They make it abundantly clear. When you're tax-exempt, these things have to be, as I said, checked and double-checked and made sure that every penny, if they're concerned about a $500 Venmo, um, do you think they're going to be concerned about a... Multi-million dollar foundation that is giving away yep. on average twenty nine cents to the dollar. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've are. told
0: you before. I, I got audited uh, for two thousand seventeen. It turned out I owed the uh, state of Massachusetts one hundred and twelve dollars. It's a true you,
1: story. Hope you paid it.
0: Well, my uh, my W two that year was for seventeen and a half thousand dollars, and it turned out I owed them like one hundred and twelve dollars. Yep. So. Do I think they're going to, you know, start poking their noses in this? Yeah, I would think there are going to be some lawyers and some auditors that are heavily involved. This is Brock and Sock's Blue
3: 88.
1: Blue 88! Blue 88!
3: We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of exaggerations and people that don't always give you the entire truth, Roger Goodell said this yesterday.
2: When you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out or extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those.
0: Brock, is officiating the best it's ever been in the NFL? Uh,
1: Yes. Yeah, I I do think it is. I think if you took referees, Mike, from the 70s and the 80s, (laughs) and you dressed them in these little sleeker, more hip outfits today, and say, hey, here you go, head linesman, here you go, umpire, And, and they ran on that field to go officiate, I think they'd run right off the field. And go this is this is crazy. I mm. cannot believe how fast this is. How am I supposed to see these things happen in real time? So no, the, these are the best of the best today. They are evaluated, they're judged, they're critiqued. They are they are amplified based on the success of those calls. They are demoted and and even let go if they can't function and do the job. There is that transparency and accountability. Is it is it is it ever going to be? Is is the general populace ever going to say, oh, this officiating is really good? Never. Never. Never going to happen. All you're going to get is the bad. All you're going to focus on is the missed calls. The roughing the passer, yeah, I think it's a disaster. I think they've gone too far to protect that position. But did you enjoy the NFC Championship game uh, with Josh Johnson? No, you did not. So there's probably a reason they try to protect those QBs. But actually, on this one, as far as in the history of officiating and what those guys are asked to do at the speed the game is played, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them more than the benefit of the doubt.
0: All right, question number two. Since you're so confident Philadelphia wins this game on Sunday, after they do so, what will every coordinator in the country be studying?
1: The run-pass option game and how Philadelphia was able to do it at a higher level than others. A few years back, right, it was the Wildcat with rookie Williams, and we started to see a little Wildcat. And then it got to Colin Kaepernick and some Russell Wilson, and how do we defend this read zone, right, and the QB keep game off of that. And now it is because of some of the, by the way, rule changes, giving those linemen a little bit more grace, a little bit more than a yard, past the line of scrimmage at times, not having just sit on the line of scrimmage, you know, this RPO and what Philadelphia is doing with Jalen Hurts is going to be studying. I was telling a dad last night watching uh, the basketball game and this program that Haley and Macy have been in, Mike, you would love watching them. They are hyper aggressive mm. and they press. And they press. I hated playing against teams that did that. Absolutely. Didn't you employ the press and trap? You, like a one-three-one uh, yeah, trap. I 1-3-1
0: trap. Yeah. Not the press, but the trap. Like the little half yep. court. As soon as you get over half court, you trap them in the corners. And
1: you know what that trap did, man? It just took people out of their game. Yeah. Right. And I've watched this trap for th- or this press for three years, speed people up, and they can't even function. They can't even make a layup because they're so sped up because of just this aggressive press. The RPO game is the exact opposite. What did it do to Fred Warner? It made Fred Warner stand still. It made that 49er defense that we watched play the Seahawks three times, and every time it was like, oh, my gosh. They're in track stances. How do you slow them down? You know what slowed them down? The RPO. Why? Because Fred Warner's got to keep a little eye. Is this a run? Is this a pass? Is this a boot? Is this a keep? People will be digging into that RPO game and how Philly built a line, built with a QB, and with multitude of running backs, a system that has, by and large, and when Jalen's healthy, remember, like there's 16 and 1 when he's healthy. Or, no, 17 and no, he hasn't lost a game. Mm-hmm. When he's been healthy and firing, people have not had an answer for mm-hmm. it. They will study it this offseason.
0: All right, question number three. So I got to play this sound from Damore Smith, uh, the head of the NFL PA. It sounds like he doesn't like the combine. Is that right?
2: The NCAA and the NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's what last semester in college who decided that it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the nfl's exclusive way of getting into the league for the most part unless you're a free issue player you have to be invited to the Combine, as soon as you show up, you have to waive all of your medical rights. And you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions, and I think that's horrible and I don't want to do any of that, but would you want your son to spend hours inside of an MRI and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are, by the way, are only doing it for one reason? What's the reason? To decrease your your draft value.
1: Yeah, I mean there is some absolute merit, and if you're the face of the PA, Mike, is that best case for every one of those 250 guys? Absolutely not, right? Did, did we see first and foremost in our own market? Remember Chris Polk, right? If he never had to do a medical exam, is he drafted? Right, drafted in the first three rounds? Yeah, probably is. Maybe, but I mean at the same time, he wouldn't have been able to perform like a top three rounder. That, that's right. Uh, did yours truly get X? Like I, I think I was so X-rayed I was. I think my urine glowed after that (laughs) night i think they i think they x-rayed every part of my body and then did i finally say to an mri i'm not doing that and did i call marvin demoff walking the hallways (laughs) in the old rca dome i did and i'm like am i going to get a black mark am i going to be like not uh, get an undraft from these teams if i don't go do an mri you know what i don't want it i don't want to do an mri i don't want them to see my back i don't want an mri because i don't want to know what's going on in my back Right. So do I understand that push and pull? I absolutely do. But to pull the academics into it was a little rich because I, you know, most of these guys do graduate in two or three years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of them transfer three or four times. So I think that I'd eliminate like the whole, hey, what about finishing school element of it? And yeah, is so it- what
0: you're saying is, as usual, there's some validity, but a little exaggeration.
1: <laughs> uh, just a little. There yeah, you go. That's,
0: a that's today's Blue 88. We do that every morning, 7:45. Uh, as uh, you know, we've been spending. The majority of the morning talking about this Russell Wilson story, Uh, we're going to get away from it for a few minutes, uh, that's for sure. But if you want to read about it, uh, I wrote my opinion. I really am embarrassed for Russell. I I think that this is an embarrassment for him, uh, and probably the worst of all of them, of everything that's come out here over the course of the last year. So you can go read it. It's at SeattleSports.com. I'd encourage you to do so. I spent some time on it yesterday, and then actually edited it after learning a little bit more about the process. So the the end of it's a little different than it started. So uh, if you want to go uh, if you want to go read it, at CLSports.com. I also want to tell people that we're going to be playing some sound here in a minute when we come back from one Dave Wyman, who hosts our afternoon show, Wyman and Bob. And he and KJ Wright see a big issue very differently. I want to play you both of the sounds from, from each of them. But today, at 2 o'clock, right at the start of Wyman and Bob, big announcement. I know what the announcement is. I'm not going to tell you. Because it's their announcement to make and not Even mine. Even with your loose lips? Even with my loose lips, I'm going yeah, to prove to you. Yeah, we found out to yesterday you can't keep a secret. Mm. I'm going to prove to you that I can keep a secret when it's important. And so <laughs> I am not going to tell you what the announcement is. But I will tell you it is a big announcement. It's an announcement you'll all like. And Stop there. it will be made at 2 o'clock p.m. <laughs> okay. today. So listen to Wyman and Bob right at 2 o'clock, right when their show starts. They're going to be making a big announcement. And that announcement is, I'm not going to tell you, but we are going to come back with some Dave Wyman sound next.